0: What a privilege. We're going to be sharing with you. We're not going to be long. I don't want nobody to say, Well, Nate, we was good to see your dad, but he just went too long. I just want to say, I love the word. I don't mind talking about the Lord. But I also realize that we live in a day and a time where we're so occupied, we're so rushed, we're so busy that. You know, if the preacher go too long, we, i never forget, I went to a church one time and was preaching and I thought, no, it's just me. No, I thought I was, you know, really bringing, you know, and the lady, the clock was there, she kept, and it just took away everything. (laughs) So, Pastor, I'm glad you don't have any clocks here in the sanctuary. (laughs) That's a good move. That's a smart move. And, matter of fact, there's two things that they ought to do at churches today check your cell phone and your watches at the door. (laughs) Amen. What a blessing. Today, we're going to be sharing out of uh, Matthew's gospel, and we're going to be looking at chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. But before we get there, I'd just like to ask that we would remember what the psalmist said, and I would invite you all, where the psalmist says in Psalms 34, verse 3, he says this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name. And I hope and pray that in in our hearts and in our mind that we're here to magnify the name of the Lord. There is no greater name upon this earth. Scripture says that every knee, every tongue, shall bow, shall confess. And what an what a honor. And so let us exalt his name. Our scripture for today, let me get back there, I was there, uh, comes from us from Matthew's, the first chapter, starting with the 18th verse and it says now the birth of uh, Jesus was on this wise when as his mother Mary was expounded to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost then Joseph her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was mindful to put her away privately. Now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she shall bring forth her son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpret God with us. We pray that the Lord may bless his word and bless our time. And may the Holy Spirit fall fresh upon us as we share this time together in great fellowship. Lord, be with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I've said, it's it's truly an honor, it's a joy uh, to be here to share with you and to share out of God's word at this great time, this, this great occasion. You know, I've come to the conclusion, you know, often time we, 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 we get a little upset when we see all the commercialization that goes into Christmas and this and that. One of the things that I've come to the conclusion is that we won't stop that. Matter of fact, uh, you know, starts, it used to start with Thanksgiving, everybody get all, it starts with Halloween now, roll right into Christmas. One of the things that we as Christians, we need to begin to say, well, people are going to do that. But it's one thing that we need to bear in our heart as people do their thing. We as God's people need to do our thing. And our thing is sharing with people what this is all about. It's not about getting upset. It's not about whether somebody say Merry Christmas or not. Because I'm going to say this, you can say Merry Christmas all you want until you share what this is all about. You have not told the whole story. And so what we would like to, if we may, uh, today, and we thank you for the privilege, to share with you the message and the birth of Jesus. There's a message his birth, it was not just, well, we're celebrating Jesus' birthday. A lot of people, they make these cakes and they say happy birthday to Jesus. But it goes beyond the birth itself. There's a message. There's a reason. God does not just do things for the sake of doing things. I often say to people when I have the opportunity, often say that when God brought Israel through the Red Sea, he didn't just do it just to say, look, see what I did? See what I see what I did? God is in the business of doing things for a reason. Your salvation, my salvation. God didn't save us because we look so pretty or so cute. many people are walking around saying oh God bless me with this and bless me with that and they just leave it there what what did he bless you for everything that God blesses us with gives us is for a reason so that we can be a witness so that we can reach out so that we can be the agent of change in a dark and perverted world so there's a message in the birth of Jesus. You know, when we look at this text that we have, the writer Matthew, he lets us know that the birth of Jesus by the, by the virgin birth, and he lays it all out, it, 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 it's there, it tells us, but it was all done according to what had been said, so it was to fulfill the prophecy that had been spoken hundreds of years ago. You know, some of us, we, we wish we knew what was going to happen in the next minute. But I want to say to you today that we serve a God that laid it out. He's the alpha, he's the omega, he's the beginning, and he's the end. So he sees it from start to finish. So he knew. And he knew all in between. And we need to take stock of that. So, so, so. All of this was done to fulfill the, the prophecy that had been spoken hundreds of years ago. And God had spoke through the prophets of old. And now the word was being fulfilled. I'm so glad that we have scriptures such as Isaiah 55:11. My word will go forth and it will not what? Return unto me void. And so as the prophets had prophesied, it wasn't just for words, just just to kind of give people a a little bit of inkling of hope, but it was something that would come to pass and be fulfilled. So we know that God's word would accomplish that in which he had laid it out. In addition to the word of God accomplishing what he had spoken, God provided us with a very powerful message, a message that is directed to the world uh, uh, that is filled with darkness Uh, people perishing uh, to a world that is covered in sin. Isn't that amazing how sin abounds? All around us, oh, it's a shame, but God has provided a way. So, So we look at God's message and the birth of his son, Jesus. It's one of hope, and it's one of reconciliation. And so what we need to do, we need to begin to get busy and let people know, yes, we got Christmas, yeah, you go out and buy all your gifts, and you go out and do this and do that, but don't forget this, that all of this was done to bring hope, to bring a way whereby you could be reconciled to the true and living God. Made a way for us. Isn't that something? People are out doing all of this, and they don't even think twice about Jesus. What had God forgot about? If God had forgot about us, well, they're doing their own thing. Let them keep on, let them go. I told them, I tried to. You know, one of the things that we as Christians, we need to bear in mind. Sometimes we, 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 we get a little upset. I told them, I told them, you keep telling them until God tells you to stop. We need to come to an understanding that we are living in a world with, filled with sin and darkness, but that don't mean we surrender and we give up. We keep on going, we be the light bearer, We be the one that is bringing hope. And there's some people, they really need hope. They need somebody to come alongside of them, to partner with them, to stand alongside and let them know I'm with you. Oh, how somebody need to hear that at this time. But we look at what God has done to bring hope, to, 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 to bring reconciliation. And so we look as we think about the wonderful message that God has given us uh, through his son in order for this message to touch our very souls and our eyes to behold the great splendor. What a splendor when you know the Lord. When you know all that is going on, when you know Jesus for yourself. What, what What a blessing. So we must see the significance of Jesus' birth in the light of God's glory. Jesus' birth goes much further than just a babe in a manger, just being born. When we look at his birth and the true context of God's word, we have the extraordinary implication of the birth. We have the global application of his birth, which comes, which brings in the ministry of reconciliation, which brings in the eternal gift from above, and the message of, Uh, 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 of Jesus' birth it it, it extends the heavenly accommodation to those that come to know him isn't that amazing what is the message the extraordinary implication of Jesus' birth the global applications of Jesus' birth the heavenly accommodation to come because of Jesus' birth all of this wrapped up all of that's there And you know what the uniqueness thing when we began to behold the wonders of God? God is no respecter of person. Whosoever will. Whosoever will. And that invitation is there. So when we think in terms of the implications of uh, Jesus' birth, what does it do? It validates the fulfillment of the prophecy that had been spoken many years ago. Jesus is born. He's born in Bethlehem as uh, Matthew recorded, as Luke records the birth. Uh, uh, The angels appearing unto the the shepherds by night. It validated that God's word is true through and through. No accident. You know how people talk about, oh, well, that just happened. That was an accident. I want to say this. When we think in terms of Jesus being born in Bethlehem. It was no accident. But we have the validation of, of God's Word. The fulfillment of God's prophecy authenticates His word. In the Old Testament, there is about 425 prophecies about the Messiah. Not amazing. God says, here's how it's going to be, this is what's going to happen. And with all that has taken place, there are still people standing on the sidelines saying, I wish I knew the truth. I wish I knew the truth. And I just want to stand with those of us who do know the truth and who have been set free for all eternity. But 425 prophecies about the Messiah. Isn't that amazing? God prophecies spoke of the following. When we think of Jesus uh, in the prophecy When we look at uh, Genesis 3.15, when we look at Galatians 4.4, talking about Jesus and how he would be born of a woman. When we think in terms of the seed, he would be the seed of Abraham, Genesis uh, 12.3. And we see the fulfillment in Acts uh, 3.25. When we think of the place where Jesus would be born, we see that in Micah. We see this in Matthews right here. And so we see some of the things that God had said That would take place. Matthew's gospel tells us the following. Now all of this was done. That it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken of the Lord. By the prophets. Isn't that amazing? God is fulfilling his word. And one of the things. That you can rest assured. Whatever promises that God has made. He will keep those promises. God is faithful. In delivering. I like what it says over there. Over there in Lamentation, where it says, and, and and you know, the faithfulness of God. Our God is faithful. He is faithful through and through. He will never, never leave you nor forsake you. He is there. So His word is true. So when we look at that, that this prophecy might be fulfilled, we see the birth of Jesus is the foundation of God's divine, divine plan to restore and make. And bring back mankind to a God who is holy and righteous. We have no other avenue. We have no other way of getting to the true and living God other than Jesus. Oftentimes people get a little upset when you say Jesus is the way. Jesus is the life. You know, no man comes unto the Father but by him. And oftentimes people say, well, there's many, many roads in this. No. When it comes, you can get to, you know, when we came down here, there's many roads that you can get to Louisville. There's many roads that you can get to a lot of places, but there's only one road. There's only one way that leads you to a loving and caring and holy and righteous God. And that is through Jesus Christ. And this is the purpose in which he was born. He came that we may have life and have it more abundant. Yeah, we celebrate Christmas, but we need to focus on what is the true meaning of it. And we need to let people know what it's about. So we see this this extraordinary uh, implication of uh, his birth. Uh, we, We need not miss that. What does it really mean when we talk about Jesus? What does it really mean when we celebrate his birth? What does it really mean when we talk about all those things that surround it? Talk about... Uh, all the, the the things, the shepherd and how he was born when we talk about Mary and Joseph journeying back to Bethlehem and there was no room. All of this was done for a reason, for a purpose. It wasn't just an accidental. It was This birth of Jesus was unique in every way. But this birth of Jesus coming, the implication, it has global applications as well. And, and, and that's what makes me so thankful, so grateful. Nobody, when we look at how we as different people groups, how we uh, uh, kind of do certain things, you know, we got this in our group. We got this in our group. But one of the things that when we look at the birth of Jesus, it has a global application. And we need to take that to heart. Nobody has an exclusive on God. Israel kind of kind of felt that they, we're God's exclusive. We're God's exclusive. But yet even though that they had that, that, that covenant through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God was working that he may shower the whole world with his blessings. And so when we look at the global applications of Jesus' birth, the announcement of the angelic host in the book of Luke speaks of the global implication of, or the impact and application of Jesus' birth. When we look at Luke 2, 9, it says, And lo, the angels of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and now they was afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which should be to what? All people. None of us can stand and say, Lord, you know, Lord, our people group, no, it's to all people, a global application that goes for, to all people. The birth of Jesus, his death and his resurrection is, a full, is the full manifestation of God's love uh, to the world, uh, those who are residing in, and in the clutches of sin. When we look at John three sixteen. Oh, one of the most... I, I tell people sometimes when I'm preaching, I say, well, you should know this verse. They look at me and I say, this is a VBS verse. Something you learned in vacation Bible school. Something that you should have learned when you was a child. But when we say John three sixteen, that's a VBS verse. And, and, and so we look at that. Why did God do what he did? Because of the love that he has for us. We look at 1 John four nineteen. Uh, we love him because he What? He first loved us. God initiated that relationship. In other words, we didn't go running after God. Lord, I love you. God said, I love you. Now that you know what love looks like. You know, that's what some people need. They they need to find out. We we got some people running around here thinking, I'm in love. I'm so in love. Can't eat, can't sleep. Six months later, I don't know him. (laughs) I thought I was, but if you really want to find true love, if you really want to connect with, with in a love relationship that don't carry all this on and off. I love you because you bought this. I love you because I got this. I, God loves us out of a pureness, the agape love. And so when we look at this. The global application is all on the basis of God's love. John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should what? Not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Oh, how loving! And then we look at Romans five eight. I tell people, I say, this is my favorite one. And then I get to thinking, and then I say, no, I, this is my favorite one. This. Isn't that amazing how how the Word of God, but there are some that just stands out. Romans 5.8 says, But God commended his love towards us in that while we were what? Yet sinners. We wasn't clean. We wasn't right. Our thinking was kind of faulty. We had all types of character flaws and all of this. But in the midst of all that I had that was wrong with me. And then we get so clean we think we did it ourselves. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners. And what that 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 sinner means that we was doing those things that was in our DNA. And sin did my I was conceived in sin in my DNA, but God still loved me in spite of. The fulfillment of God's prophecy of the coming of Jesus opened the door to whosoever will to enter in into God's family. By faith we can receive him into our heart as Savior. When we look at John 1, verse 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he powers to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. You know, I I just want to pause just for a minute. I read an article, and it was about the new Pharisees, the Christians, the the Phariseuticals. Uh, How now we we, we look when Jesus came as he tabernacled here, and the Pharisees was always there trying to muddy things up and cloud stuff up. Sadducees would come along every now and then and let me just say this and, and, and they made a joke about the Sadducees they didn't believe in heaven they didn't believe in hell and so somebody said that's why they was called Sadducees they were Sadducee I'll I, I come back to that one but the Pharisees and, and they was always there but you look now where are we now it says to those who believe on his name you know, we as Christians, what we've done, we've done an injustice to a lot of people. A lot of people come through the door. God is tugging on their heart. I want you to get in a church home. I want you to learn. They come, they come, and 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 they come just as they are. But 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 here we who who's supposed to have much of God in me I love everybody as long as they don't mess up as many as received him isn't that amazing we say whosoever will we say scripture but in our actions and our behavior we go so so much against scripture we're to love we're to reach out that's why uh, sometimes I wonder I say "Uh, what are we doing We say one thing and we do another. Jesus came as Savior to the world. For God sent his Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus is the Savior to all who call upon him. When we look at Romans 10, 13, it says, For whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? And we add so many other things to that. Yeah, you call on him, child, but now you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta be here, you gotta be there, and you gotta no, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord. We didn't save ourselves didn't save. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. And so we have this global application. Of Jesus' birth. Quite amazing, isn't it? Not only do we have that, whosoever call upon him, Jesus is the only true and only means to be reconciled to the true and living God. Shame, it's a shame where how people are seeking after God. The religious, uh, when we think of uh, the worldviews, the many different worldviews, people believing you can do this and do that and whatever, whatever, and the scripture is so plain. How do I get connected back to a holy and righteous God? You go through what the way that he have laid it out. And that's through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus brings uh, the gift of eternal life to all who call upon him and receive him. What a gift that God gives, eternal life. Uh, everlasting relationship with him. All of this and the implications of Uh, 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 of Jesus' birth, the global application. And then we look at the eternal accommodations because of Jesus' birth, our hope of glory. Jesus and his preparation to die upon the cross gave some encouraging and comforting words to his disciples. He let them know that he was going to prepare a place for them. We look at John 14, verses 1, 2, and 3. The part that I really like in that where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place. And then he says this. This, this is what really, God makes it so plain. and so. He said, if it was not so. And in other words, if, 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 you know, I'm not leading you on. You ever been around people, they just say stuff to get rid of you? Say stuff to just kind of lead you on? Well, you know it's this way. And two days later, everything done changed. Jesus says, if it was not so, I would have told you. Isn't that amazing? I go to prepare a place. And, and we know that in that that circle right there was his, his apostles, but yet that, that has applications, that, that has implication to every believer. I go to prepare a place for you. One day, one day, I don't care how sinful, how wicked this world gets, one day. We're gonna be able to stand and see our Savior face to face. We're gonna see Him for ourselves. Isn't that amazing? What a privilege! What an honor to be able to know that one day, when this life is over with, when I've shedded all of this, uh, all of this uh, mortality, I'm gonna put on what immortality, and I'm gonna see my Savior face to face. What a blessing! So we see that eternal accommodation. Paul tells us in, in some of his messages, his messages to the Corinthians, to the, those who was at Thessalonica, he, he, he helps them to see how through Jesus the door has been opened for all believers to have eternal accommodation. Paul spoke of believers being caught up to be with the Lord, leaving this telestro this earthly, going into that celestial ever so being with the Lord and say we will meet him in the air and ever so be with him. What a, well, what a blessing. But you know, kind of sad, I just want to say this on a sad note and I'm finishing up. But on a sad note, you know, sometimes we talk about when we see Jesus, when we meet him, when we be with him, but some of us have missed out on the true message of Jesus. Oh, we, we've come to church. We was brought up in church. We, we learned some certain Bible, Bible verses. And, and one of the things I found out that uh, there's a, a unsaved people that can sing just as well as saved people. And I know there's some unsaved people that can sing much better than me and I know I'm saved by the grace of God. But we, 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 we sometimes, based it on what we're doing, in this message, and hopefully we, we, we get it, hear what God is doing something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. He's bringing a child that will will, will, will go to the cross. He's bringing a child that will die upon the cross. He's, he's, he brought one that will be uh, suspended between the earth and the, and, and the heavens, bringing you and I back. But we need to, first of all, know him as our Savior, we, we, we need to repent of our sins and, and call upon one who is able to save us. But unfortunate, even though that, that, that simplicity, what's hard about that? You know, some, somebody says uh, it, salvation is free. Yeah, it is to you and I, but there was a price that had to be paid. And we sing that song, Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe. And, and so we need to understand, do you know him? I, I, I tell you, it's going to be a sad day when we, think we see Paul talking about being caught up, uh, Jesus returning and, 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 and carrying back those who trusted him. But it's sad when you ask some people sometimes. You, you can preach a message. You can have a class. You can have a teaching about what it means to be saved. And so many people just bypass that. I tell people this, I say, if you wanna know if somebody's saved or not saved, just sometime ask them. And sometime you ask a person, say, are you saved? And they say, yeah, and you ask them how long they've been saved. And you know what you hear some people say? It just it just floors me. And I always say, something in my mind, the wrong answer, they say, I've been saved all my life. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I've been saved all my life. And some say, "Er, wrong answer. Nobody's been saved all their life. You might have had it good all your life. You might have been cared for very well all your life. But nobody's been saved all their life. So if you ever ask anybody, and I I don't think one of the things, I don't think enough Christian asks, you, you know, you come here to church, uh, you, you see people coming in and you just, I, I say this, there's too ma- too many assumptions in the Christian walk. We assume that every, you're here, well, you should know my Jesus like I know it. But that's not true. We put too many assumptions. We need to ask people, are you saved? I tell people there's basically, let me see if I can think of all three of them. I, I know I can get to two. You, you should know the time, the place, the time and the place where you came to know Jesus. There's a third one there. I think of it before I finish, but anyway. But you, you should, when did you come to know Jesus? Where were you? I, I think Paul gives us that example. I was on the road to Damascus. It was high noon. You, there's something that you should know Uh, 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 getting saved is not something just spontaneously when I say this or, or, or without Jesus being part of the mix I just got saved I just woke up one day and I was saved no you gotta know him in your heart and that is really sad so many people come through the church doors so many people do so many things in our churches oh we love on them we thank them but oftentimes, we never ask them, are you saved? When did you get saved? And I just want to say this, you know, besides a person being saved all their life, there's also people who says, well, I got baptized. Not when you got baptized. When did you come to know Jesus? Know him for yourself. And that's the uniqueness about salvation. It's not Second hand, third hand, fourth hand—it's what? First hand. Know him as your personal savior. So, as we finish, Paul talks about that meeting him, so that eternal accommodation, being in glory with God, the birth of Jesus, making all of this possible. Isn't that amazing? So, you look at uh, Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians, the fifteenth chapter, verses fifty-one through fifty-two where Paul tells you about this mortal body, perishing flesh that we have. It's going to one day, because of what Jesus has done, put on immortality. not that amazing? One day we're going to be with him in glory. What a blessing. What a blessing. And so as we look at this, and Paul spoke of the believers at Ephesus, about the believers being raised together and being made to sit together in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All through the birth, the message. And you know what? I've come to find out that, and and, 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 and the messages. We hear many, many messages. And those that are that are Bible. On Bible Foundation, from the Bible Foundation, in those messages, what great blessings there are. And there are so many blessings that come as a result of the message that God has given through his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Blessings beyond what we could even begin to imagine. God who is able to do great and exceeding things above all that we can begin even to imagine. What a God we serve. So the birth of Jesus is not only unique, impacting the world in a physical and spiritual way like none other birth. Jesus' birth is a universal message of God to the lost. Here I, here's a way, here's a way of salvation, here's a way of hope. And all those of us who have been embraced by God and have embraced God. Oh, we, 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 we stand as salt. We stand as light to a dark and perverted world. Oh, how we need to carry out that message to all. Jesus says in Luke nineteen ten, I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. It should be the desire of every believer that all would see and know Jesus. Do you know my Jesus? Will everybody believe? No. But you ought to tell them. You ought to tell them when Jesus sent out the 12, when Jesus sent out the 20, he says, those that receive you, oh, what a a glory, hallelujah time. He said, but those who don't, but they testify. What we're doing, we're not even telling anybody, and we, they ought to know. No, it don't work like that. Somebody had to tell Cornelius, he had all the moral values and he was doing great things, but he needed to hear what? The gospel. People need to hear the gospel. I, I, he says, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We need to pray that God would help us to help others to see that Jesus' birth is more than just a babe being born in a manger, lying in a manger. But it is God's gift And his message of eternal hope to all that call upon Jesus. What an honor it is to to, to have God's blessings abiding upon us. What what a privilege it is to be able to to worship our God in an open and, and, and collective way. But what a bigger blessing when we can tell somebody. Statistics have shown that when it comes to us sharing our faith, the statistics are are, are so low. Uh, people that have shared their faith and told others about Jesus, you would be amazed as to how low those statistics are. And you would think that would be something that if if, if it's so good, if, if it if it makes me walk right, and if it makes me talk right, and if I got a, a new So as we we end this, there's a message in the birth of Jesus. There's the implication, extraordinary implications. there's, There's the application to all that goes out to the world. And then there's accommodation that God is making, not just to save you so that no, but save you so you can be blessed here and be in glory with Him. Isn't that amazing? So, oh, what a message. Oh, what a blessing. Oh, what a great and marvelous thing God has done. Oh, may we treasure, and not only treasure, but may we share the profound message of the birth of Jesus. I just want to say this.